0: Welcome to the EFTM F1 podcast with Trevor Long, Harry Tucker and Connor McNally. Thanks to KO Sports, all the F1 action live, all season long.
1: And welcome to the EFTM Formula 1 podcast. Trevor Long, Harry Tucker, Connor McNally with you. And boys, let's keep it simple, keep it traditional. Thanks to KO Sports. Harry, uh, KO Mini or full race?
2: Mini. Just straight straight Mini.
1: Connor?
0: I have to go with a Mini as well. Uh, Not the kind of race I would say a full-quality one, but, uh, yeah, a Mini's just good enough for me.
1: Yeah, I'd smash the KO Mini as well, because I think it'll actually come together as as quite an interesting little proposition. We uh are... here for the uh, Formula One Grand Prix of the Netherlands, the Dutch Grand Prix, the correct title. But uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting week in Formula One, so we'll cover all of that as well, thanks to KO Sports. And, of course, you can get all the Formula One action on KO every race weekend, every session is live uh, and uninterrupted, ready to rock and roll. So uh, you never miss a beat, um, even, even if you're on the other side of the world. And this is, let's be honest, um, a strange... Um, Gathering of the three of us. I think we've got. Uh, is it is it right to suggest we're we're Berlin, Bali, and Belmore? I mean, would that be the best way of describing it?
0: the three Bs? No, I think it's no, no. Berlin, Bali, and Ride. <laughs> no, no. You're missing
1: the point. You're a bulldog. Oh family. yes, I of mean course. Jesus, yes, okay. Connor. Mate, <laughs> just ruined a really good Whoa. flow. <laughs> we know how I'm in, heavily I'm you edit in this You can edit that one out.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I'm in Berlin experiencing Formula 1, as it should be experienced, in the daytime. Um, Connor, Connor's copping the full Sydney experience, so uh, we appreciate everyone uh, tuning in uh, in the morning or throughout the day. Um, look, uh, the race, I, I feel like I, I'm coming at these races too often now, Harry. Hoping for something else to happen, but in reality, this was a very predictable result. Uh, a great win from Max, um, but ahead of uh, uh, a challenging circumstance for Mercedes, which we'll get into. <laughs> but it was really never anything but Max's race, was it, Harry? No,
2: nah, like we, we got some brief glimpses there that that maybe there could be a chance for Mercedes, but you know it was always going to be Max. I think tracks like this as well sort of give a bit of false hope because it's actually a really exciting mm. track visually. Um, hmm. so with that you you sort of get confused between how it looks on camera versus what it actually provides in racing action which uh which was you know somewhat- pre- uh processional.
1: and I think the um I think you're absolutely spot on there's so many elements of this track, whether it's the first corner, the last corner or um the the little bowl on on three. there's some really nice aspects of the track corner that make you want for this to be amazing, and also another absolutely ridiculous crowd. Obviously, the Dutchies follow Max everywhere, but, you know, the numbers this year at pretty much every Grand Prix have been phenomenal, and you can imagine the the end-of-year report from Formula One will uh, champion the the at-race
0: attendance. Oh, it's been absolutely tremendous. I mean, the Dutch have really got behind Max Verstappen in the biggest way possible, And and I think... There's been a lot of that crowd who went to today's race. I, th- I say there's a fair chunk of them that have been following Max in quite a number of the European races so far this year. I mean, Austria mm. was one of them. They had a great uh, Dutch presence there. There was also a great presence in Belgium last weekend. Well, he's only driven with was... three home Grand Prix. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. He's
1: literally, he's literally got the orange army at three Grand Prix, and that's like that's to his credit, and it's also you know a testament to how popular he is. But um, you know, the, he had the opportunity with this race. And I've got to say, Harry, oh, like the first turn, did you not lose a breath with Hamilton, you know, getting a little uh, little uh, action on the first uh, turn inside of the Ferrari? With
2: Carlos there, yeah, definitely. And I, I sort of loved as well after that where Jensen, uh, I think it was in the commentary, was like, oh, no, I think he just got a bit of oversteer there. And then 20 seconds later, <laughs> they go back to the replays. Oh, no, actually, yep, definitely some contact. But uh, I can are. confirm
1: I was completely wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it felt like almost going to be a repeat for Lewis from last week. But uh, he managed to managed to gain it back. But you know, it could have him going off there could have saved him what I think is much worse trauma later on.
1: Now, mm. Connor, do you think it's it's a testament to uh, where this race sits in terms of its uh, spectacular nature that? Uh, my next notes are, quite simply, Hamilton was aggressive, K-Meg went into the fence, and wow, they've got a new graphic for DRS.
0: Yeah, um... I don't know if I like it, the graphic.
1: I think it's awesome because the perspective that when it's in metres, forget seconds, mm. when it's in metres, you know, it's yeah. at 50 metres and then it closes down to 35. So that if they show that, you think about those races where we've had, um, you know, lap after lap, they're getting closer, they're getting closer. It's always, you know, you're just going with your eye. So I love the idea mm. that you're going, actually, he was five metres closer this time.
0: It's a very good... Look, I think it's a great concept by Formula One that I guess they're trying to bring in some of that, like, Gran Turismo kind of um, graphics element into, you know, to try and give that real-life perspective of how close the, like, the gaps are, if they're closer or if it's extending. It's... Look. I don't mind it. I mean, oh, I, I say it. I don't like it initially, but it's. I think it's. Yeah, you know, it's going to grow on me. I think, and I think it just gives a a new perspective for fans that have not watched Formula One before. But uh, I tell you something. It was. It was used to great effect when we, they went down the main straight, heading, heading into Tarzan. I mean, mm. there were some real ballsy moves going into Turn One tonight.
1: And I think Harry, on that, just it's a weird thing to talk about a graphic, but that's the kind of thing that the sport needs. If you bring people from, let's call them the Drive to Survivors, first time. Uh, <laughs> Watches they they tune in, sometimes ain't that exciting, and so yeah. it's essentially the graphics that need to bring it to life. So whether it's the uh, the onboard uh, T cam with the overlay or the now this kind of um, when they highlight the current front and give the DRS, that's the kind of stuff that I think Connor's right. It's a kind of um, gaming style approach to it that's going to make it look exciting.
2: It definitely makes it look exciting, and more importantly, I think it gives context. Because you can easily see you know, on the time mm-hmm. charts there that this, this driver is 0.8 seconds behind the person in front. But if you're a new fan into the sport, what, like, what does it even mean? Like How far is this person behind? And mm. having that graphic and that view there and really point out that, okay, this is how far that time actually means, just sort of fills in those gaps to those new fans, which I think is equally important as sort of giving that excitement that we're talking about.
1: Back to the racing, Connor, I think that the thing that I took out of the certainly early stages here was that the battle between Ferrari and Mercedes is, is where's the action at? And we'll, we'll get to later the, the championship positions. But, you know, Hamilton on signs was exciting to watch. And it felt yes. like, you know, Mercedes genuinely now have second tier second team pace. Um, you know, it's been a long year to get to this point, but they actually now have the pace to, to challenge that, that spot.
0: Absolutely. And Ferrari are still tripping up. That's the thing. That's the the one point that's actually very laughable. It's like, ever since Melbourne, they keep tripping themselves up at every race, and it doesn't matter what kind of thing it is, be it a pit stop or on track or, you know, strategy call, whatever, they just keep fucking things up and it's allowing Mercedes to close that gap and we're now seeing that Mercedes has now starting to get to grips with the car and the regulations and it's, mm. it's helping them a lot. We're seeing in this second half of the season that they're now getting better pace with the car uh, but I'm looking forward to the next eight, uh, eight races or so or seven races because I think the fight for second in the Constructors' Championship is going to be just as important as it is uh, for, for Red Bull, who are very clearly ahead of everyone else right now. They are a class act. But second for the Constructors, boy, oh boy, that's and, going to be a fight.
1: And Harry, I mean, you ended up here with some very early stops to Gasly and mm-hmm. Ricciardo. Um, and then you had the first um, failure of Ferrari, which was Sciences' um, uh, tyre issue. Very, very slow. Yeah. Um, I mean is it a point where you start to go it's lovely that Mattia bernardo supporting his team but at some point doesn't the boss of Ferrari the company not the F1 team say mate a leader needs to actually lead yeah. you've got to make some tough decisions mm. which has happened in the past with Ferrari they often actually jump too soon
2: yeah i mean like it's it's gone way too far now it's 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 comical at this point and almost yeah almost to the point where you feel like it can't even be on accident anymore because there are just these major <laughs> blunders that are happening not even just every race multiple times every race and you know as the race went on it, it, they sort of compound a little bit for Carlos as well and other in other pit stops and even how later on he, he took a pit stop and then this is not for our fault but then like two laps later there was a safety car um, so it's for them the engineering side just seems way off in terms of race day strategy. And I think it was uh, Jensen or Crofty or someone um, on the team was, was commenting on how, with that particular stop, the engineers kind of pulled in the pit without giving the pit crew itself enough time to gather all the tyres and everything mm. needed to perform that pit stop. And like, if you've got such a fundamental mismatching communication throughout the team, like that, that completely falls on, on Mateo's head. And you know what, what's he, yes, what's right. he doing about it? What's
1: he doing about it? Yep, and I think that's yes, oh, he like has They've, they've much made changes before Connor. They've made team principal changes in that team when things weren't going well. I just don't understand how that's not even been talked about. It's like everyone loves the big fluffy haired dude and yeah. don't want to say anything bad about him. But the fact is, the team is has a car that should be competing, maybe not winning, but very very close to competing, and they should have far more points. And if he's not leading the team, as in cracking down, making changes, what the hell are they doing?
0: I I don't understand why they haven't done any action since at Marinello. I mean, it basically starts at the top. Bernardo, I just... The more and more I look at Benotto and his leadership style, it's not the same as as Jean Tot in the past or Luca Montez, de Montezemolo. It just makes no sense that they've done absolutely nothing to you know change the culture of the team at the moment, and they're suffering. And Benotto is not doing anything about it. I'm just lost for words as to why they haven't you know taken any action right now. They've done it in the past, as you've said. I remember back in '91, they changed. team principals midway through a season and then they sacked Alain Prost. So, you know, it's just very weird. The Ferrari team has always been a weird group of, of individuals, but I'm hmm. sure they'll find their mojo somewhere along the line. I just don't think that they'll... I don't think they'll win any more races this year the way they're going. They're, they're yeah, in a real the, bad way.
1: Their challenge is they'll find their mojo after Mercedes has already um, absolutely smashed their own. So and that's that's what's yeah. going to bring them undone. Harry, you get back to the track and you look at it and you go, I think it was by about lap 33, it was very clear that the Mercedes were going to try for a one-stopper. Um, I, my I have that concern again about the commentary where... I don't know if it's just because Crofty loves to be... Uh, positive or optimistic. Um, hmm. But, like, sometimes you're sitting there and I felt like I heard Jensen moan today where Crofty's like, this is, this is super, this is going to be an exciting race. And I felt like Jensen was like, I really don't think it is. It's, it's, <laughs> We're getting to that point.
2: It's like the... Yeah, Crofty's trying to, like, play the company line type of thing. And then yes. Jensen's just, like, the, the guy who's on his last legs, ready to hand in the resignation who can no longer hold it in. Like... It's just how could you say it with a straight face? And even so, so on, on
1: that then, did you think, Harry, that Mercedes uh, on a one stopper could uh, could leap ahead of Max mm. at any point before all the Yuki's and safety cars and things?
2: I don't think so. No, I don't think. I don't think there was a part mm. where the only part that I genuinely thought that they could win was pre the the final pit stop then. But that is completely unrelated to what Crofty yeah, yeah. and, and Co was talking about at that point in time. But you know, it's his, it's the job, right? Like they he, he can't be yeah. there on the broadcast going, Oh yeah, look everyone, turn off now. This is a, like it's it's gonna be max, you know, don't worry about you it. You know what,
1: you make a make the right point because you could be a lot of people, a lot of narcs on social media will argue that they're they're saying what they're they're paid to be say by Formula One, but actually the job is to entertain. Um yeah. And it would be it would be strange if he said you know what this is looking a bit processional um we'll come back and yeah, come uh, back and watch the mini in the morning just grab the highlights on KO you know like it was just what are we doing yeah. um which is probably why oh, Sky dear. pushed the Sky Glass so much they they're pushing you know while we're while we're circulating go back and look at different things you know um, the main drama that that begun things here was was Yuki Sonoda's. Yeah. Uh, Tires not fitted, Connor. Now I this was fascinating. Yuki, Yuki, yeah, Yuki pulls over, says the tires <laughs> aren't fitted, and then he comes into the pits mm. and they have to work on his belts. So then he goes out again and he's got a diff problem. Now I'll tell you what I think, Connor. I think, um, I think there's a computer system in the car that tells, like, the, the driver on the on the wheel if there's an issue detected with the with the wheels being on properly. And so I reckon he got a message saying tires not fitted, and I think he came into the pits. And he got a message of some sort to say it's a fault with the car, and he started un unbelting, and that's when they said no, no, go out. So they had to belt him up again, and then it turns out it was actually a diff problem. So that's me saying not a tin foil hat. That's what happened. <laughs> what do you reckon happened, Connor? Oh, look, if
0: yeah, it's just a very weird set of circumstances. When I when I saw Yuki pull over. And we thought a virtual safety car was going to happen, which eventually did happen. I thought, oh, that's a very bad call by Tower, you know, when they've not had the best of seasons, let's let's face it, but for them to maybe completely cock up a pit stop and not fit the tyres properly, that, that seems like very extreme, but as it turns out, as you said, a differential problem brought him undone. But, yeah, very, very weird set of circumstances. In fact, Luke King, who, of course, guested for me, um, well, deputised for me during... July, he said to me via a message, he said he reckons it was a Red Bull conspiracy, just to try and make sure Not the that only one. Red, it was a Red... Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, that
1: barley boy, what are you thinking <laughs> Look,
2: has anyone... Has, has Flavio been hanging around the Red Bull garages lately? Like, that. that's all i He I'm must asking. be. Like, he must have been. Like, that's... <laughs> this is, like, straight out of that playbook, right? Like, you know, they've got... Because that was at the point actually where it, it sort of looked like that the strategy could work in uh, in the Mercedes favour to a degree because we'd already had um, just so that the pit stops had already changed a little bit from the initial. Alonso uh, proved that the hard tyres were looking good. Like there was just things were different from the start and it didn't look as promising for Max. And who knows? Rogue Flavio on the on the radio there to to the Red Bull guys. I mean, obviously this did not happen, but it is very coincidental.
1: Now, this is where obviously the strategy began to be fascinating. Um, Max pits under the virtual safety car, and so do Mercedes. Now, you could argue that they should have stayed out, um, but they would have had a fresher tyre car behind them. So, I don't know, Connor, was that the right move? Because there's a lot of questions going to be asked about every single decision Mercedes made. Hmm.
0: I'm not sure. Oh, look I think it was a I think it was a, a bit of a master call by George to to give his take about you know pitting for the softs. I think they should have brought Hamilton in as well. To That's give in him the a next chance. set of
1: pit stops. Like this is the <laughs> this is the thing like there was there was several of these situations where Mercedes made a decision. So when Max came in, I assumed that Mercedes was just going to stay out and at least yeah, maintain too. some track position. But Harry, I don't know, did was that just weirdly wishful thinking about some on-track action?
2: No, I think it, it, it was sort of, it made sense, right? Like in the sense of, you know, having the buffer there between the drivers and keeping keeping them out there. Because even though that, that, that like there was that amount of laps left, they're really short laps. So it's not the same as, you know, being at somewhere... Like a spa where, where it's quite long. Um, and you see, you know, it could be what, how, how many last was it? like 12 laps or whatever after, and that's mm. a long time there, but on a track with like this is quite short. So I think he, you know, with that buffer with George and keeping that position there, that they could have had a chance to hold it. Um, mm. But it was just as bizarre. And, and clearly, towards the end there, Lewis was not happy and rightfully so because. He... And I
1: think Lewis is not happy about that decision, and then the safety car stop where Max does stop, he gets soft, and you've got a safety yeah. car. Oh, have I you jumped ahead of stop. Two Mercedes on. Yeah, see, this is the thing. It all happened. There was multiple strategy decisions made by Mercedes that I think um, you could go back and and I think Lewis will go back and question every single one of them, but George. Making the making the call theoretically, it seemed yeah, like right. Yeah. You got to me. we don't hear everything. We don't hear all the back and forth, do we? Right. So, it seemed like George simply made the call that he wanted to come in again and get the softs. That put him behind Max, and it <laughs> left Lewis literally sitting there, ready to be attacked on a safety car restart. Which, see the the commentary and the the concern from Lewis is, well, you you let him pass me straight away. But, mate, even if George was in between. Max, you look at how fast all those cars on softs were passing; they they would have been passed at some point. Like, it's not like it would have made mm. a rat's ass of difference.
2: I don't think it would have made a difference in terms of him winning, but in terms of him still being on the podium, I definitely think so. And I think for Mercedes yeah. as a yeah, team, I also, like it, it, they've got less points as well now because you know if they were able to hold that off, and they could have ended with a George Lewis two three rather than what a two four. Like that's which, better. by the way, I had on sports bits, so I'm not happy about <laughs> it overall. So, like, that's they 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 screwed themselves in every way there. I just don't understand as well. Like, why are you listening to your junior driver to make to to create these these decisions and strategies for the for the whole team for this race and sacrificing points as a result? Like, it is weird. It's like have they been hanging out in the Ferrari garage or something? Like, just no sense.
0: <laughs>
1: Um, and I think that kind of the the language from Lewis on the radio Oof. was quite remarkable. I mean, he oh, was yeah.
0: harsh. The harshest I've ever heard Lewis criticise his team in his entire True. career, and that would be something that would be ringing in Toto's ears for the next week. It's it was just absolutely staggering what he was saying, and he didn't hold back whatsoever. So. It's just not a good look for Simon Bonington. It's just not a good look for Toto Wolff. Um, yeah, it, it's a big, you know, me culpa by Mercedes fans that they completely stuffed up. They they basically snookered their lead driver, their seven time world champion, into a situation that yeah was was going to be much worse for him. You know, from going from the lead to outside the top three, it's just unfathomable, and, it, and that's something that Lewis just will not accept in any shape or form whatsoever. You, you, you can't mm. blame him for being pissed off.
1: And, and, Harry, the other thing, going back to Ferrari and uh, just hammering home their inability to strategize the simplest things, letting Carlos out in a tight pit lane when a car was coming down the lane to an unsafe relief, uh, costing him five five seconds or five places. No, five seconds, wasn't it? You know, So he seconds. ends up in eighth. So, so Carlos ends up in eighth, where he should have been in fifth. Yep. Um, those are big points for Ferrari. It's just simple little things like that.
2: And it's, it's, it's like the basics, right? Like, how do you expect to win a championship when you can't get the basics right? And I, I, we sort of talked mm. about this in the last couple of years with Mercedes. And funnily enough, this race, they did not get the basics right. But for them, as much as you can say they had a dominant car over those years, and as much as, you, you know, the talent of Lewis Hamilton, they always got the basics right. They didn't make these little mistakes, which, you know, for, for, for Ferrari they could be winning the championship right now. Like, they've just... The amount of races they've blown through these just stupid little mistakes is insane. And, and that's just another example. And
1: it is. Uh, we do it all thanks to KO Sports. You can get a seven-day free trial of KO if you haven't tried it already. I don't know what you're doing. We've been banging on about it for three years. Um, but 25 bucks a month gets you uh, uh, one stream of HD sport, all the sport in the world, the footy finals coming up, the cricket season's about to drop, so there's plenty of sport on KO. And uh, you can find it all there at koSports.com.au. Um, standout performances outside of the the top class that we've we've talked about, um, Connor. I mean, not a bad result for Lando in seventh, but probably Fernando's mm. sixth place would be the would be the one to write home
0: about. Oh yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, Fernando was just, yeah, he was really in his element tonight. He he really drove well, and he had the car t- to match that pace, which was really really good. And I think. It was a clear indication that Fernando's performance is a sign that you know he's not gonna go away from Formula One for at least, you know, another couple of seasons. You know, for, for, for mm. someone at his age that is still very competitive and still has that drive to still be competitive after all these years, it's it's a very good sign that you know, Aston Martin's gonna acquire a very good talent that will hopefully change the fortunes of that team moving forward. I know they had Sebastian Vettel you know, with him for the last couple of years, but I mean, let's let's face it, Seb's really kind of switched straight, switched off for the last few years, and now that he's retiring, I think his care factor is virtually nothing. He doesn't care anymore. Uh, not that he you know cares, you know, he doesn't care about his performance. He's just he's just checked out. Let's face it. So for Alonso to come in and you know, knowing how ruthless Alonso is. I think he will hopefully change the culture of Aston Martin, and hopefully for the better. But I, in my opinion, if you're going to make one more change there, get rid of Stroll. Um, it's never going to happen, of course. But you've said it a hundred times, yeah. Hey, look, yeah, you, you I you know. you
1: got a point today. a point today. Oh, well <laughs> done, Lancey. Yeah, Daddy, he got a point. He got a point for I think, Daddy. I well think done. for
2: them though, like you know, there's a, it's a it's a valid point with Stroll, but I think it's also you know if you're Daddy Stroll the car itself, is, at this year at least, is, is not quite up there with the front runners. And I you know, might as well keep the sun happy for another year or two while while you're getting the car up to pace. And then, you know, once maybe Fernando proves the car is running a pace next year, and then flick him for the 2024 when you know you've got a car that can maybe win. Sort of mm. l- low risk. Now,
1: Harry, speaking of drivers that have checked Fuck. out, uh, disappointment of the day, 17th yeah. place, Daniel. I mean, it just looks like no, he literally but... did not... What what is it? Gaff? you know? It's just like seriously.
2: 17th is generous as well. Like He he realistically would have been 19th if it was not for those two DNFs. Um, And, you know, you can can say that it's because of where he qualified and and all that sort of thing. But, you know, he he spent, I don't know how many laps it was at the start, being stuck behind Alex Albon and not getting anywhere. Like, he was consistently, you know, 0.7 seconds, Behind him, like in that DRS range, to overtake, and he just didn't, he just couldn't. It was, it's, it's yeah. hard to see. Like it's, yeah, breaks my heart. It is hard to
1: watch, it's, isn't it, it? And I think, it, I think that's a does. challenge for for us, isn't it, Connor?
0: Yeah, it, it is a massive challenge, and I think he's now. Well, he's obviously, he obviously knows that his time at McLaren is soon coming to an end. But I, I just think in his mind right now, he's given up and it, mm. it is very painful to watch it really really is and it, we want to see daniel fight for race wins or be in the top 10 and, and just bring that 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 gritty drive that he's had for the last 10 years or so and it's just oh it's just heartbreaking because mm. Yeah, just the things with McLaren have just not worked, and you know his morale right now would just be at rock bottom. And at the moment, if he goes to goes back to Alpine, or if he goes to a lesser team, I just don't know if he's if he's going to have the mentality that's going to be there for him to try and fight his way back up to the front. I I really yeah. think this is pretty much it. All
1: right, well let's do, we'll talk driver market in in a moment. Let's do the uh, championship standings first, though, uh, Connor. Uh, drivers' yep. championship.
0: Uh, Max, I'm calling it unassailable. Mm-hmm. It's almost unassailable. Now, I reckon he'll wrap it up by Singapore in a couple of weeks. So, um, at the moment, 310 points. He's leading by 109 points ahead of Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez, who are now sitting equal second on 201 points. So, the gap is starting to become a li- yeah, almost unassailable. In fact, it could be even wrapped up by... Could be wrapped up by Monza next weekend, but I I reckon it'll be by Singapore. George Russell sits fourth on 188 points. He's now... Um, about 13 ahead of Carlos Sainz, who's in fifth on 175. Lewis Hamilton 158. He could have collected a whole swag of points this evening, but unfortunately, finishing fourth kind of hurt him a bit. Lando Norris is in seventh on 82 points. Esteban Ocon on 66. Fernando Alonso 59 points. He's closing in rapidly on Esteban. So if he finishes ahead of Esteban in the drivers' championship for Alpine, um, yeah, he's <laughs> he might have pulled off a masterstroke by uh, mm. by leaving them. And of course, Valtteri. Bottas, 10th position on 46 points
1: and over in the constructors again whew, good luck but uh, you know fascinating to see whether the Mercedes can clip at second place that's millions of bucks
0: it is it is getting very close and I'm just looking here Red bull 511 points. They only have failed to finish once this year. and That was the opening race in Bahrain. Every race since then, they have collected a whole swag of points. And they now lead Ferrari, who are on 376 points. But here's the kicker, as you said. Mercedes, 346 points. They're only 30 behind Ferrari. And that's why the battle for second in the Constructors' Championship could be the most... Interesting championship battle we will see all year. Fourth position, Alpen on 125, McLaren have dropped to fifth on 101 points, Alfa Romeo 51, Haas on 34, Alpha Tauri 29 ahead of Aston Martin on 25, and Williams at the tail of the field on four points.
1: Harry, um, it's kind of nice to have it all sorted. Oscar's officially driving for McLaren next year. Um, what do you think is next to fall in the driver market? In my mind, we'll, we'll get a Pierre Gasly announcement next.
2: I mean, it's sort of the only thing that makes sense there. And then, like, it, it, mm. Marco's sort of, uh, Helmut Marco's sort of already implied that they're going to try and find sneaky ways or, or ways around the super license thing to get uh, Herder into that other Alpha Tauri seat. And then that's sort of those seats they're filled. And then I guess that the remaining question is: Does Daniel join one of those other teams in, in a Latifi type of seat or something like that? We, I think we talked about this last week. I personally would be surprised if, if that was the case. I, I think it's sort of it might be an American trip for him. But if not him in that seat, is it still Latifi? Um, or you know who who is another potential option there? Actually, can't even think of one.
0: Nick Defries?
2: Nah. Because oh, well, he's, realistic realistically, you
0: reckon he wouldn't make
2: Mercedes is not going to give him I think
1: him I think Connor's right. I think Connor, um, where you're going with this is is Toto would try and get Nicky into a seat as soon as possible because he needs his next plan for he needs to, he needs a plan for a year or two for Lewis's departure.
2: But do you think that he's that Nick DeVries is going to be in that Mercedes seat? In that Mercedes seat?
1: Nope. The, but. <laughs> You know, I, don't, I don't think so. That's the game the... that Toto plays. You know, Toto. Toto likes the cards, to be the puppet master. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Like it's not going to be Esteban. Like, let's you know, <laughs> out of Toto's stable, it's not like Esteban's going to suddenly become, you know, a, a Mercedes driver. So, yeah, I, I think we're we're pretty much agreed now that Daniel's Daniel's races run unless he wants to have some fun with Gunter.
2: I, I would like it, but I, I don't. I, would like it. I, I think for him, where he's at in, I life, would like it only for the Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, imagine that. Imagine, you, you would think about life, you know, Gunter and Mick Schumacher in that Aldi catalogue. Imagine the equivalent Daniel and Gunter content. Incredible.
0: <laughs> I like that idea, actually. I really would love that idea, but I just don't see it happening at all. I, I just think Daniel in his own mind has really checked out by now, and I think he's now looking to, for life outside of Formula 1 now. that That's in my honest opinion. As for Colton Herter, yeah, I I, I don't know. I I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, I know that Hurta's a big name in IndyCar right now, and it's honestly very surprising that despite his successes in, yeah, in America, but, I mean, despite his successes in that, he doesn't have enough points for a super licence, which just bamboozles me, but I'm sure... Yeah, Alpha Tauri. I know they're trying to bring an American into the market, but you know they're going to try and find a way to get him in. And, uh, I mean, it, it Williams have been looking at Logan Sargent to replace Latifi. Hmm. Well, that's the rumours ah, at the moment. True, He's yeah. obviously a Williams junior driver. So, you know, there's so many different facets that could play out over the next few I'll weeks. I'll tell you, you right, right the... now,
1: Mick Doohan would be doing everything in his checkbook to work oh, yeah. on Jack's next move and if Jack, he, you know, he's got to finish some races because he, he struggled today unfortunately, not to his own fault. If he can get a top 5 or 4 finish in F2, he gets super license credit credentials you know, I wouldn't put it past Mick saying to, you know, uh, Williams what do, we, what do we do? How do we do it? You know, well, I'm just what, saying what, what yeah, do you want to you. Mick Doohan Mick, yeah, well, doesn't want the Oscar Piastri situation he doesn't want Jack sitting on the sidelines for too long
2: no one would,
1: right?
0: No, and, and Jack, I've got to say, Jack yeah. has improved substantially. Oh, I know, but that's what I'm saying. There's, There's
1: never been more open seats. There's never been more open seats in Formula One than than this current season. And you're right, Jack's Jack. I, when we first started watching Jack a couple of years ago, I was like, yeah, okay, he's got a good name, but he's not doing that well. Mm. He's he's flying now. He's he's showing form. So he's, he's
2: done I, very I wouldn't
1: well. put it past him.
2: No, I think uh, that would... Yeah, uh, I agree with that. That That's sort of... that. What you just said there about the name thing was... Like, that's like, completely how I felt. Overseeing a pop-up at F3, and it was not... Uh, I feel bad about this, because there was not one part of me, I think, at that stage that thought he could legitimately be in F1, and that it was sort of just a, hmm. a family affair with him being there. But he's been really good this year.
0: I think it... I think it... I think it all goes down to the teams that he was with. I mean, the very first year that he was in Formula 3, the same year that Piastri yeah, was in there as well, I mean, he was racing for HWA, which, was, which is part of AMG. And, and let's face it, he was given a, you know, a pretty dud deal. I think you know all the energies went into uh, one or two of their other drivers, and Jack got the raw end of the deal with that He was languishing at the tail of the field all the time. He moves teams to Trident. Finishes runner-up in Formula 3 last season, and then he gets uh, some pretty decent results in Formula 2 right yeah. at the end of the year to, into t- 2022. And look at where he is now. You're right, if he a- finishes look, top five... And look, just remember
1: this. Otmar looks like a goose with egg on his face, oh. even though it probably wasn't a lot of his fault. It was yes, all up before. Yes, so communication. Otmar's going to want to put all the chess pieces in place for the next 18 months. Esteban, is he going to be there in two years? You know, all this stuff. He's going to play all that out. You get Jack into a seat... And then you've got your. It's all about making the next next step, not just the current step. So I don't know. I'm just putting it out there that that's probably our best chance of a second seat over and above Daniel.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's just I, my I, view. I have to agree. I think Jack will be in Formula One sooner rather than later. Maybe not. Ne- maybe <laughs> not next year, but definitely the year after. That's what I'm thinking. Do you think? Do you think they're? No, gonna... We said the same
1: about Oscar, and that, that turned to shit. <laughs> that's true.
0: We're, if he
2: makes it in there. I know recently the old hmm. uh, doing motorbike ride at, at Dreamworld, the, the motor coaster, they took his name off it. Are we going to hmm. see the rebranding of the motor coaster return if Jack makes it into F one? Are, are you aware of why Ooh. they took his name off it? Oh no, is this a bad thing? Is this, an, is this just something to be heard No, I'm,
1: no, I'm just one. I know nothing about it. I'm just wondering if it was a licensing deal. Whether whether Mick was like, uh, you're not, you're not paying me enough. He's
2: a business. That's true. That's true. (laughs) It's quite likely. I just know that I just read an article earlier in the year. This year, it was very recently, that his name got removed from it.
1: I reckon it's a money thing, that, not a not a decision thing. <laughs> because why would you do that? <laughs> that's anyway, true. that's just me. If you're trying to save money, you you've stopped paying Mick Dordan a couple of million a year to put his name on a on a ride. Ooh. you know what I mean? It just yeah, there's it's yeah. it reeks of money saving. All right boys. Um look I'm gonna go for a wander in the in the sun and have some dinner and you just enjoy Berlin, um you can go back to bed.
0: Thanks. Harry mate. We've we got, we got one more race next week. Yep. Uh, we. I'll, I'll be back I'll be in time
1: for shore. that one. So, uh, yeah, we'll all be back on the island. So, it's all good, mate. We'll be <laughs> back for Monza next week. And just for, for the uninitiated, <laughs> don't get too excited about Monza because Daniel's got a different car. It's new no, regulations. No, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's more likely to be an interesting one for Mercedes or someone else. So, uh, anyway, we'll be back next week. Thanks to KO Sports from uh, the Grand Prix in Monza. Um, thank you, boys. Talk to you then. See you then.
0: See ya.